Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In The Pocket Podcast. My name is Kevin Chip Ginyard, and I'm so glad that you guys took time out to hang with us tonight. This is episode seven of the Musician Memoir Series. We have a young OG, a young legend in the house with us tonight. He's going to tell us all about his, his story. Before we get started, I just want to tell you simply, this podcast is to help people. It is created to help people find their niche and find their groove. So determine the pocket means finding your groove, finding playing what supports the music, what feels good. We want to help you find your groove in life, whether you're an actor, whether you're a playwright, whether you're a musician, uh, whether you're uh, anything that you want to do, an author, whatever you, your, your heart is leaning towards, we want to help you find your groove and find your find the pocket and stay in the groove. Repping the Midwest, Chicago to be exact, I'm honored to sit down with this amazing musician. Derek Swole Ray is a father, bass player, producer, designer, and entrepreneur that has played and recorded with some of the biggest names in pop, R&B, country, and gospel. Artists like Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Kurt Franklin, Mary Mary, Marvin Sapp, and the American Idol Tour. He is an amazing dude. He's going to tell us all about his story. He's been in the game for about 20 years. He's a young OG. I like to call people my age group young OGs because we're not the old, old legends, but we're not the young boys either. So we've been in the game. we got some skin in the game, and he's... This series is geared towards letting you know the story about people that are still on the road and still on the come up. So please welcome to the stage my friend and brother, Mr. Derek Swole Ray. Hey. <laughs> that, that was an intro, bro. Yeah, that, man. That was an intro. Yeah. Young OG is, is really kind of a scary term, but I walk in it. <laughs> nah, you got to embrace it, man. Because, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's the wisdom of it, right? You know? Yeah. You're not, you're not, a, we're not new to the industry you know we know yeah. what's up we got yeah for sure we got that home training <laughs> yeah we've been in it a while too we've been in it a, been while, a so. long time absolutely so yeah. welcome to the show man i'm so grateful that you came man and you're here with me man thank you for having me bro like when you hit me i was like you don't need me on this show nah, <laughs> but when, when you explained it it makes sense and I, I appreciate you for having me man i'm honored to be here yeah, it's just we just want to help somebody. But the funny thing is, you're a you're a humble, mild mannered dude. There's yeah. not even a lot of information about you on the internet. Like, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you did it on purpose, but like you are like stealth level, man. Like I really had to do some digging to find oh some stuff to, to talk to you about. But that's good. And you know, I just wanted to know, like, I want to know things about you. So I try yeah, to yeah. do my research for everybody I interview. And I'm like, this is hard. I'm like, Swole is like, he ain't posting no videos. <laughs> Nope, not at all. Yeah, and I, I like that about you. That's to be admired and respected, you know, mm -hmm. that you chose to go that path. But yeah. we're going to celebrate you today because we're going to celebrate the highlights and the success of your career, man, because you are an amazing musician, one, amazing person, number one, I'll say that, then amazing musician. Everybody I talk to speaks highly of you. Wow. Um, and you're an innovator, and we're going to talk about life in music and life outside of music. Yeah. And you, you're doing a very good job with your brand. Uh, fake you, moves, and we're going to talk all about that, bro. Let's so, do it. Yeah, thank you for being a part. Let's get started. I mean, you know where I'm going to go, the shy. Tell me about growing up in Chicago. Guess where he's from? Man, musically, growing up in Chicago, it's like, it's like a boiling pot it's so yeah. many things it's like gumbo is what, yeah. I, what I would call it right so many guys so many talents so many skill sets mm -hmm. so many amazing guys man I grew up in an era where Steve Huff and Maurice were the bar they still are I'm not yeah. saying not but Absolutely. I grew up in in the era where that's what we reach for yeah but then in my age bracket I had 
Tony Russell, Tony Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I'm as I'm as I'm looking to them, I'm getting yeah. my head beat in by him every every Saturday and Sunday. Of course, because yeah. he's so phenomenal. But it 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 really is like a gumbo, man. There's so many guys here and so many people that have their thumbprint on me. Maurice being one, of course. Tony Russell being one, but not voluntarily. Like he, <laughs> what he did for me, and I told him this the other day. What you did for me is you pushed me, and you had no clue. Yeah, I used to think he didn't like me. Oh, the wow. way he would come in churches and just like destroy me. I'm like, man, <laughs> this dude hates me. Right. But he was just being himself. That's literally how he plays. Yeah. When you hear Tony, he's aggressive. His tone is good. He has a lot of facility. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. Like That's so in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta aspire to be that. Yeah. So those guys, but then you also had Calvin and Rex who grabbed me at a young age and helped me cultivate this style of playing that I fell in love with and the sound that I needed and how to be on the road and how to yeah. be this way, how to record, how to be around people. Yeah. But you also had Rick Robinson who literally would teach me how to record records. Yeah. Percy Beatty who who told me how to be a good bass player and oh, would get is. on me to be professional. So it's yeah. so many people, man. It, it it literally is at least 20 to 25 people that that has helped me through this process. Well, let's go there since we're there. And I know y'all see the drums in the background, but Swole <laughs> is a drum. He is a drummer, but he is. I am not. Those are my son's <laughs> drums. I can't play drums to save my life. Swole is a, he is a professional bass player, um, toured with some of the best in the world. So we're going to talk all about that. But I just wanted to let y'all know. I didn't say what instrument you play, but you are a world-class <laughs> bass player. And I want to let everybody know. They see the drums in the back. They're like, oh, like, he, he, he gets nice. busy. I'm yeah. terrible on the drums. Trust me. You don't want to hear me on no drums. Got Not you. Got all. you. Well, since we're there talking about Chicago, right? Um, mm-hmm. I was going to come later, but I'll give you some legendary figures and you tell me what they mean to you. Okay? So you already mentioned uh, you already mentioned Tony Chicago, Tony Russell. Um, let's go to, uh, you said Maurice. You mentioned Maurice. Yeah. You said you, I heard another interview, you said you wanted to be Maurice 2.0 when you were growing up, establishing your sound. It was so bad that I dressed like Maurice. (laughs) No lie. And and Rex Hardy can attest to this. It was so bad that he had to pull me to the side like, you can't keep dressing like Fitzgerald, bro. (laughs) You got to find your own style, man. What what Maurice did for me is he showed me that it was possible. Yeah. Of he, showed me, he showed me that you can be a musician, you can take care of your family, mm-hmm. you can make really good money, but you also can be at the top of the list. Yes. There was a time when I was coming up and I was almost like his armor bearer, bro. Like I, I would like session time, I would take go to his house, mm-hmm. pick his guitars up, put them in my car, go set his guitars up, set his bass amps up, and I would go sit on the front row and watch him record. Wow. You're gonna, be ble- like- you're gonna be blessed for that though, and you already are blessed <laughs> for that. And I, I'm gonna tell you why, because that's humility, right? But yeah. there's there's no motive behind that. You just it's love for the your gift, it's love for the instrument, it's love, and it's it's something that young people don't have now, the modesty and humility to humble yourself to go yeah. be a tech for somebody else. But I I knew I wanted what he had. Like yeah. listening to those records, man, like tell a devil I'm back. I'm sitting in rehearsals like. Bro, what made you play that note right there? They they're playing a completely different yeah, note. Right. Why you played it? So he would sit in his basement and take out hours with me. Yeah. And explain why he did this. And this note is in this chord. So yeah. you can substitute. He literally gave me the game. So wow. I have a deep love for Fitzgerald, bro. Yeah. Like 
Word. I am who I am today because Maurice took out time with me. That's dope. See, more people need to do that, right? I always talk about people who make it and don't reach back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we all know somebody that is amazing at what they do, but they have not taken the time to help yeah. the next generation. I and agree. that's the purpose of what I'm trying to do now. Gotcha. You know, people may want it. They, some people may never meet you, but they'll feel close to you okay. because of what your, the information you're sharing now. Got you. You get what Got I'm saying? You. Yeah, I get it. I tell Absolutely. You. So, um, and you went, you were smart at a young age to go straight to the source. You're like, I'm gonna go straight to the guy. Man, listen, if I gotta come and I lived, I lived on the west side, which is 45 minutes from where he lived. Wow. But if it meant me getting what he had, if I had yeah. to drive from my house to his house back to a completely different side of town, yeah, I was willing to do it because I really wanted it. It wasn't, I didn't even know we could make money at this point. Yeah, it wasn't about the money, wow. it wasn't about like being able to pay my kids tuition. I know I wanted to be able to play bass at this level. Yeah. So whatever it took, man, like I, I his wife used to let me in their house when he wasn't even there. Wow. He would That's call her like Swole's coming over. He's going in the basement. Mm -hmm. I'd be down there all day, bro. <laughs> I'd be down there for hours. And I know she got tired of me. I know she yeah. got tired of opening the door. <laughs> I know she got tired of hearing it. I, she already got to hear bass with my recent. Of course. Yeah. And so her now free I got time. to listen to it and he ain't even here. But every time I see her, she hugs me and tells me how proud of me she is. Yeah. So it, it Maurice and he, he literally changed my life, bro. That's dope. That's dope. Um, moving on, let's move on to Nathan East. Yeah, the bro, blueprint. The blueprint. It it's not a bass player in the world to me, right? That does what Nathan East does, mm. and and he's not the most talented guy. He's not. Mm -hmm. He don't have the the craziness. But the way he played bass. Yes, sir. I just, and I, at an early age, I had no clue that I had been taking this in. My mom loved right. Anita Baker yeah. in the early 90s. And my uncle plays league. So he would listen to a lot of Al Jarreau and Phil Collins and stuff. And I had no clue this was Nathan on bass. Yeah. So All when I records. figured out who he was, and I'm like, his bass just sounds so full. Like, it yeah. feels like a cover over top of the record. It feels <laughs> like he's literally the foundation of everything that they're playing. And I was like, that's what I want. Yeah. I don't need to be Marcus Miller. Marcus is amazing. Right. I don't need to be Victor Wooten. I bought all those videos. Yes. Uh, Jocko. I, I used to study all of that stuff. Once mm. I found Nathan, yeah. I stopped listening to everything else. You found the play the record uh, prototype. <laughs> and and, and to, to his credit, he had been doing it so long, bro. He had been recording records since like the early 70s. Bro, I, I read today that he um he played on 2,000 sessions. <laughs> Easy. And that that's probably a low, a low number. Yeah, 2,000 records that are out right now. That's bro. unbelievable. Yeah. And his bass tone. Like, yeah. and, and the difference for me was Maurice, he could play everything. Mm -hmm. But Nathan's tone fit everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? His right, bass right. tone. You mean I'm, we're talking about Anita Baker, Bill Collins, and all of these other foreplay, his his band. Yes. It's like, how does your bass sound so good all the time? On everything, universal. And that's that's what I, I honed in on. That's what I want. It's like when when I plug up, I want people to know that there's a difference from me and anybody else that plays. Yes, I ain't sir. gonna play a lot of stuff. Yeah. Not a whole lot of information on play. But when you hear my bass, I want you to feel me and understand the tone is different from anything that you heard. Word. I got you. What about uh, J.J. Smith? <laughs> Bro, like, <laughs> J.J., to me, 
was the coolest guy ever. Yes. He was the coolest guy ever. I remember I was like 17 years old. He was two, He was living in L.A. at the time. He came mm -hmm. in town, and I guess somebody asked him to record. And he called me. He was like, man, I'm in town. Can I use your bass? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. You, you can come get it. <laughs> he drove all the way out to my house, recorded, brought it back. And he was like, man, when your time comes, I'm going to look out for you. Wow. And he kept his word to me, bro. Wow. He kept his word to me. I can call JJ right now with any question I have. He's going to take the time to answer it for me. Wow. I he haven't seen him in years, but I know he's still killing. And he literally plays bass, bro. Mm -hmm. Like everything that I heard him on, from Britney Spears to Mary J. Blige, Anastasia, Seal. Yeah. Like, this guy plays bass. Yes. And that's what I want. <laughs> grown <laughs> man bass. Grown man bass, bro. Yes, sir. That's what I needed. So JJ has a place in my heart. I love that dude. Dope. I love him to pieces. That's amazing. Uh, let's go to Kenny Lewis. Man, that was was my first community choir gig. Yes, sir. It was it was the first guy. That's how I met Rex. Right. I'm going and somewhere. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was my first it was my first gig outside of the guys that I grew up playing with. Yeah. So Kenny heard me playing with this choir near future on the west side. Okay. And he he hit me, pulled me to the side. He's like, man, I really enjoyed you tonight. He's like, I got a choir from the West Side, and I think you'll love my drummer. He's like, have you heard of Rex? I was like, nope, never heard of him. <laughs> Didn't know him. He's like, yeah. well, I want to get you to the to the South Side so you can start playing. I was like, I don't drive, bro. Yeah. He's like, I'll get you there. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so I get to rehearsal, and this this drum set sitting in the corner is high up in the corner. And this dude setting his stuff up. Rex was arrogant at the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was the coldest young guy in the city. Of course. He was jumping off the seats. He was going crazy. He was like, I heard you was nice. I was like, I could play. He's like, <laughs> we we going to see. So we put we play these couple songs. He's like, bro, you could play. Yeah. I was like, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And from that moment on to right now, it's my best friend in the world. Absolutely. Changed yeah. my life. Literally changed my life. I, I saw in your... um. On your other interview with Rex, um, you guys talked about Chicago being, you know, for, for anybody knows Chicago is bass and drums yeah. kind of capital of the world, right? Mm -hmm. But y'all like the Twin City, and no disrespect to Minneapolis, but like bass and drums, like y'all do duos. Yeah, for sure. And it's like you and Rex, it's like Reese and Calvin. Yeah. You know, it's like different eras. It's, it's, it's so crazy that the duo, the dynamic duo, you know, think uh, Morrow and Thad. It's so, <laughs> it's so many. Quinn yeah. and Sheree. Quinn and Sheree, that's right. It's, oh it's my god, so many. Steve yeah. Huff and and Kevin Bronson or uh, Ray Beatty. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. so many, bro. That's and it, it's not stopping. It's it's so many now yeah. that you ain't I'm, even heard of yet. It's like little Rodney and little Gerald. <laughs> it's so many, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's so many. It's an amazing city, man. Um, let's let's bring it back to C Rod Calvin. That dude, bro, Calvin was the first musician I saw worship God. Okay, that's amazing. He was the first guy I had seen do it. He yeah. got off the drums, and he was in full-on worship. And I'm on the bass like, bro, we playing. Like, yeah. what you doing? Yeah. He was gone. Nobody got on the drums. No. Nobody interrupted his moment and told him, hey, hey, hey. And I was like, I want that. Like, yeah. how do I get that? 
Yes. Because I had a God conscious. I growing up, been in church my whole life. Of course. But I had never superseded the bass when it came to worship. I felt like or I thought that worship was always me playing my instrument. Right. And once I saw that, it was like, oh, there's another level to this. Yeah. There's another space I can get to in God that I ain't got to play my instrument. Like there's more worship than just me playing these worship songs. Yes. It's so a man, I, level, yeah. Man, I yeah. started Maurice again. Maurice would go on the road with Fred or he would be recording these records as we always spirit. He would let me fill in for him at the church. Wow. Calvin and Rick was there. Mm. So those two kind of like scoped me into like a little Maurice. Yes. Like don't play this right there. Yeah. We're not playing this over here. Make sure you follow my kick. Make mm -hmm. sure you do this. And Rick is like, we're playing this. We're playing that. So when I got to them, I had already had a relationship with Rex. Right. So it's like it's like these worlds are colliding, and I'm I'm learning so much. Yes. From everybody around me, but what Calvin showed me was that there's a deeper level to God than just playing your instrument. Yeah. But then I got to record with him too. Mm -hmm. Like we would be recording every other week in Chicago. Like of course, it, it's yeah. 200 records in Chicago a week. I mean a year. <laughs> yeah. So I got to get on a couple of them, and it's it's an experience like no other, bro. Like. I bet. He he is such a special gift from God, and I don't really think he understands how special it is. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't think he understands it. From he's paying attention in rehearsal, but mm -hmm. he's on his phone. Yeah, he's doing whatever he's doing, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "All right, let's run it," and he don't miss. Yeah, it's the preparation I think before. That, that I'm says. like, how how did you get that? And you were on your phone. <laughs> I don't got it and I was paying attention. <laughs> so how did you get it? And you had no, you weren't paying attention at all. But yeah. he's such a special talent, man. He he he's such a big brother to me. Like he's got me on so many opportunities. That's like, amazing. Yeah. You need that in life. And I'm like, why I ask him all the time, like, why'd you call me? Like, why did you have them call me? He's like, because you deserve this opportunity. That's tough, and you could play. So yeah. he gave me confidence. Him, him, Rex, Rick. Percy, they all gave me confidence, bro. It's nothing like the home team showing you love. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of times, like, you have to go out to get love, right? A lot yeah. of times, you know, you go different places, and you know, the prophet's not honored in his hometown. And yeah, yeah, for sure. The whole deal. But like, for you to get love at home, for your homies to still keep you close, that's amazing, man. It, it's such a special thing because everybody was already ahead of me. Like, they, their yeah. talent superseded mine, their yeah. skill set was so much higher than mine. But for them to grab me and pull me up with them, yeah, like man, maybe I can do this. You know yes. what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. I can be at their level. Got you. Um, let's talk about uh, Adam Blackstone. Man, I love that guy. Yeah, and I love him because he's just a super cool dude. Yes, I didn't. I didn't connect with Adam on the on a gig. I met okay. him when I was doing Kirk Franklin in 06. Him and Omar Edwards mm -hmm. yeah. came to the Hero Tour. Wow. Because he was about to start music directing Mary Mary. Mm -hmm. So he was like, man, I heard a lot about you. Let's exchange numbers. Yeah. So from that moment till right now, he's been the same exact guy. So you've been around for a minute. That <laughs> I've been doing it a minute, bro. I've been doing it for a second. You said the hero to him. That was, it was, it was either 05 or 06. And that's when I met him and Omar. Yeah. And I had, I had no, I had no thoughts of him calling me for work. He plays yeah. bass. Of course. Yeah. And he already had his team of guys. Like it's a slew yeah. of guys that he was calling. 
Yeah. And I, I was just happy to know him. And then mm -hmm. Ricky Minor had already told me about him mm -hmm. because they did the, the Jill Scott and Queen Latifah tour together. Yes, Sugar so Water. Sugar Water, exactly. So yeah. after that tour, I did something with Ricky Minor. And he was like, have you met Adam? I was like, yeah, I met him, but I I don't really know him like that. Yeah. He was like, he nice. Mm -hmm. He nice. He's like, you, you need to get in your MD bag. And I was yeah. like, I don't want that. <laughs> so he gave me his laptop, I mean, his desktop from his, his old studio. Wow. Pro Tools, everything. He's like, take this home and I need you to learn Pro Tools because I watched Adam on, on the tour. Yeah. Jill was changing every night. And Flipping he never through it. Did. Yeah. He was like, if you want to be in that seat, I was like, I don't want that seat. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I took the laptop, I took the desktop, yeah. but I was right. like, I don't want that seat. But Adam is 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 such a genius, bro. Yes. He's such a genius and he can really play. And I think people don't understand oh, yeah. that black can really play that bass, bro. Yeah. He because he's really he's always so session, you know, everything is like, you know, everything. Yeah. And so it's everything scripted and planned, but put him behind, you know, in the right element. I'm sure he's gonna let you know what's up. He can play, bro. Yeah. He can really play. But he, his heart is pure. Absolutely. He's humble. He yes. hasn't let all of the, the stuff that has happened and is happening for him yeah. get to him. He ain't changed. Nope. And he 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 does a really good job at what he does. I, I've been a part of some amazing bands, and most of them have been his situations yeah. you know, or places that he's put me in with people that are actually amazing. His team is incredible. His bro. team is incredible. And it speaks, it speaks so highly of who he is. Yeah. And his yeah. business sense, bro. Everybody he's associated with is a good character. That's the dope part. I can exactly. go down the list and like everybody, because it's like like-minded like him and he's chosen yeah. the right people around him. He knows what's up. And I think he's that's a very that's, smart guy. That's super very, dope. Very yeah. Smart. We are. All right. Let's bring it down to Rex. I know you mentioned Rex, but like, what does Rex mean to you? He means the world to me, bro. Like he was, he, he was, and is the first guy that I loved outside of my friends that I grew up with. And my yeah. brother. he was the first brother that I was like, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. Him and his mom and his dad, they took me in, bro. They would let me come chill at their house for days. I'd be over there. We'd be, like he talked about all the time, watching those videos. <laughs> and he was the first guy that made me, he told me, we doing that one day. Yeah. One day we're going to be doing all of these TV shows. We're yeah. going to be playing with these artists. One day they're going to call us. And when they call us, well, we're going to be ready. Yeah. That wasn't my dream, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it okay. was not my dream to go on tour play with these big artists i didn't start dreaming that till i got around to until i got around rex he manifested it he spoke he, it to this day bro i could go back to the year where he was like life's about to change for you bro my britney spears audition he got mm. the call first teddy wow. called him yeah like send me swole's number and he called me at the church like hey where are you at i was like i just got on from bible study <laughs> like I'm about to hang the phone up on you. Call me when your phone, when you get off this next phone call. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who's about to call me? He hung the phone up in my face. Yeah. Two minutes later, Teddy Campbell called me. It's like, I need you to come to LA to audition for Britney Spears. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, you ready? I've listened to you over the years. Like you deserve this opportunity. Yeah. And then we, he was like almost in tears, bro. Like he's yeah. like, I told you it was going to happen. I told you the opportunity was coming. Wow. And to watch his growth, bro, and watch what he's a, accomplished and conquered yeah. in these 25 years that I've known this dude, I couldn't be more proud of any other friend that I have. Yeah. Any other friend. that I love that dude with my whole heart, bro. Like, 
That's amazing, man. Like, uh, it's good to have people that you can count on some A1 day ones, you know, like yeah, that you can trust because the music industry is kind of mm, sketchy. It's fickle, bro. You don't, get too, <laughs> you don't get too many real friends in this industry. Absolutely. And when you find them, uh, you keep them. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So how did you um how did you choose your instrument? The, the guys that I spoke of earlier, to- my, my cousin Mike and then my best friend Mike, he played keyboard, Mike. And then my other cousin Mike played drums. I played mm-hmm. drums too. I started playing at like five. Yeah. And they were like, we all can't play drums. Like we <laughs> somebody else got to play something. And someone right. gave my uncle a bass. And my cousin Mike was like, you should play bass. It's like, okay, I'll wow. play. But I, I had nobody to teach me and show me. So my boy who played organ would like teach me the notes on the organ. Okay. And I got with this guy who actually showed me how to play. Mm-hmm. And that's how I that's how I got into what age my were you? How were you? I was maybe 13. Okay. 13 or 14 by the time I got that bass. So when did what age did it start clicking? Like, like this is I like this. Because I played drums and the connection is so close. Yeah. The rhythm got me. Okay. You know what I mean? The rhythm right. of bass and the movement of the bass got me. And I was like, I kind of enjoy this. Yeah. And once I was able to feel what I was playing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm at home. This is who I'm supposed. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Dope. This is this is a God ordained moment. Okay. And from that moment, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is home for me. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be. So at 17, you're playing for the community choir. At what age do you think I can do this? Like, I I'm good. Or like, do you, what age do you know you have a real gift? Maybe when I met Rex. Okay. The 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 rehearsal walking into that that church with him and him being like, you can play bro. Like, yeah. okay. I think you, I, and then over time, him steady telling me yeah. like, gee, we, we going to be cool. <laughs> like, we <laughs> like it, be, all it, right. it came from hearing it from someone else. Right. It, because I, I never, I never had the confidence of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I'm so humble because I don't ever right. want to be like, I'm the S you know, I, I'm right. no, that's not who I am. Right. But, Getting around him made me very comfortable. And if I if I'm honest, all the drummers that I played with gave me that confidence or made me sound really, really good. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I knew my niche. I just needed to give them foundation so they yeah. can go and do what they're gonna do. Yeah. Y'all play a lot of stuff. Drummers <laughs> get away with a lot. <laughs> y'all play a lot of stuff. So if you're doing that, I can't do it with you. No, no, no. It gotta be either or. It's got to be either or, and yeah. I have to I have to be the foundation, yeah. so that we don't go down in flames. Absolutely. So, so it was him giving me the confidence, like you could play, and him steady calling me, like still to this day, whatever he get calls for, I'm the first call, like hey, we're, we're doing blah blah blah, or can mm-hmm. you do blah blah blah, and it's, yeah. it it was a a build up over time, and then Calvin, same thing, yeah, Rick Robinson calling me for sessions when Maurice wasn't in town because mm-hmm. I'm. I'm 10 years younger than these guys, Rick right. and Calvin. No, I'm not 10. I'm like five years younger than these guys, maybe. You're, so not, 40, for you're to, not 40 yet. I'm 40. I turned 40 you're, last okay. year. Yeah. Okay, cool. So for them to call me and give me the opportunity over and over when Maurice wasn't there, yeah. it's like, maybe I can play a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I got a talent. So that that's kind of what happened for me. That's dope. That's dope. How did... um? How do you feel the church prepared you? Because we come from the music, midnight musical era, you know, like that the 90s, 
you know, going to everybody's church and yeah. rehearsals and sessions and stuff like that. How do you feel like the church prepared you for the road? Or did Musically, it? it? It definitely did. I okay. think I think I think the church prepares all musicians of if course. they want to be prepared. Yeah. If you want to take that time to to hone in on your skill, because we learn we play every style of music in church. Absolutely. We we play every meter. We play every type of, of music. And then your ear has to be so in tune with what's going on. Yeah. So once you get on the road and you hear something once, you're not sitting in rehearsal. Can you play this again for me? Can mm -hmm. you can you let me hear this again? It literally it it get, it's a roadmap. If again, if you take the time to allow it to be that. Yeah. Um, it 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 shaped me for where I am right now, bro. But it wasn't always like that. I couldn't retain music. Wow. In, Talk to me the, about that. I was gonna ask I, you. That. I don't know what it was. I I would listen and I would learn the music. I would spend hours and then I would get to the gig and I would have a, a brain fart. Like it Got would you. just leave my head. Yeah. And so how did, Rex, how did you how did you like get past it? They Rex and Calvin was like, "Yo, you can't keep doing that. Mm -hmm. you, you if you want to get to the level where we're trying to get to, you got to take your mental level a notch. Like you got to okay. you got to be smart enough and 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 mentally strong enough to learn these songs and play them back." Yeah. But what really helped me is Percy Beatty. Okay. <laughs> I used to play at Christ Tabernacle with Percy Beatty, Milton Bronson's church. Yes, sir. And man, he would send out the music for a rehearsal on Thursday. And I would learn it. And I would get there and I couldn't play it back to save my life. Mm. And he was like, we don't pay you to not come in here and do your job. Mm. If you're going to be here, you're going to play with me. You're going to play with these guys. I think Richard Gibbs was over there a couple of times. He's like, if you're gonna be able to play with us, you gotta at least know the music. Yeah, that's the very least you have to know how to do. And yeah. he said the the most respectful thing you can do is play somebody's song the way it was recorded. Yeah, don't come in here trying to rearrange the song because you didn't take the time to learn it or you learned it and didn't want it. You didn't think it was good enough. Play the music the way it is. Learn it. Come in here and do your job. Yeah. He stopped rehearsing me. I was embarrassed like a mug, mm. bro. I was so embarrassed. And I vowed that day that'll never happen to me again. Of course, yeah. Never, ever, ever happened to me again. Yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know what it was. I just couldn't remember it. I couldn't remember the songs. Yeah. I would I would play the top and then I'd be like, Jesus Christ, what's the next? What's yeah, what's the next? next? Yeah. yeah. It, it would happens. just be gone, bro. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, it, it's something that I, I I pride myself in. I don't go to nobody's rehearsal without knowing their music. Without if I get it beforehand. I'm trying yeah. to be on top of it. If they're teaching it in rehearsal, yeah. I'm paying attention so that, or I'm taking notes. I learned yeah. that. Like I got it, my iPad. I'm I'm writing that thing out in my way so that yeah. I can understand it. But now, yeah. do you read me? Do you read music? No. No. I, okay. My wow. my eighth grade music teacher, he was trying to get me to read music because I was into music. He knew I played drums. Right, right, right. He was like, "We only got bass left." Right. I was like, "Okay." He's like, but you got to learn how to read. I was like, man, we don't read music at church. <laughs> like, so I don't need that in my right. small mind thinking. And right. I regret it to this day. Okay. Well, you've had a pretty amazing career without reading. <laughs> <laughs> but th there's so many other avenues that we yeah. can go into outside of what we're familiar with yeah. if we have that knowledge. I, I, I'm so not envious, but I'm so jealous of Sheree Reed, bro. Yeah. Because he got the talent. He can do what we do in church. But he, you can put that paper in front of him right now. He can play that thing down from A to yeah. Z. 
and he's not gonna miss either. <laughs> Brian just told me he learned he was already in the game and had to learn how to read. Yeah, that's crazy to me yeah. because I I was ten years old. I already could play, and my teacher was like, "Play this," and I'm like, "I don't want to play the snare part." I don't exactly, <laughs> exactly, because it's not fun at no. that. Do you know what I mean? And I wish I I wish I did because I would be so much further along. Yeah. I, I chart things, but in my own way. It, it's, okay, me too. It's, it's chicken scratch, you know. Like as long as you can understand. <laughs> That's all that matters. It don't make no sense to anybody else. Nobody can understand this but me. <laughs> exactly. Um, what about key base coming into the, to play? You know, you're you're moving in doing professional gigs. Was it hard to adapt to that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I had nobody to teach me. Like, I think my first time playing key base was with Men of Standard. Okay. A, a, another Rex gig. Another time where he was the music director. He was like, yo, they play key bass on this gig. I was like, what's that? It's like, you got to play bass on the keyboard. And I, I kind of figured out the notes. I knew what the notes were. Yeah. So it kind of came to me a little bit, but it was not something that I I, I really enjoy. I kind of don't enjoy it right now. <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> it's not something that I'm I'm jumping to. Yeah. But what I do, I have to play key bass. Yeah. But if I ain't got to play it, bro, I ain't taking it to church. Bro, I... <laughs> I've heard stories of people like you. If you don't learn this keyboard bass part, you yeah. go home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and they've stayed up all night. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's not it's not something that I I, I gravitated to. I only did it or learned mm. it because I had to. Yeah, it's something that I had to learn. I love it. Yeah, but it's not it's not like a first thing for me. Got you, got you. Okay, let's talk about the gig. Um, what's your pre-show ritual? You know, what do you do before the show? Man, talk to my kids. They call me so much. <laughs> How many so children many. do you have? I have three. I have a, a 23-year-old son, wow. 23-year-old daughter, and I have a 20-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. You got grown-ups, man. I, I got grown kids, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got grown kids, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's why he's working so hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's why you're on the road so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I mean, just talking to your family, just cooling out, relaxing, yeah, separating just, yourself from the music. Kinda, and okay. just chilling out, man. I I just I feel like I don't I don't have to have like some like I need to go to sleep for forty minutes, or I need yeah. to have this type of. And we do what we do. Let's go do it. You okay. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna chill out, get my mind together. But let's go, let's go play and get this job done. Pre-show meal? Do you eat before the show or after the show? Yeah, I definitely eat before, but I try not to drink too much. Okay. <laughs> it, it's it's hell trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the set. Of and course. you got an hour and 30 minutes left. <laughs> so Locked I try not in. to drink too much. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Um <laughs> what's I, I heard a story from one of my guys. He had to go mid-show. Like had yeah. Like, whatever you do, just keep rolling. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Um, what's the common mistake that musicians make on the road? Not being professional. Yeah. Can you speak to it? I, I think a lot of guys, because we want it so bad, and, and a lot of guys mis take missteps, and mm -hmm. because they're so good, they go from this place all the way to the next place. Yeah. They miss the parts where, they, where they're being taught how to mm -hmm. be a professional. Yeah. Because if you go from church to Rihanna, you've missed those steps of being on a, a C-level gig. Of course. Where if you miss lobby call, they leave you. You know what I mean? Or you yeah. get fired. Yeah. Miss a flight, you get fired. You miss those steps. And I think the younger generation, they want the gig more than they want to be as professional as the gig called for. Because it's surface, right? It's like 
it, it's everything that looks great, you know. Yeah. It, you can you can flaunt that. You can put it on the gram. You can tour rehearsals. Yeah. It's the life, right? It's the, yeah. But it's you didn't take the steps to learn the process to sustain the gig. Yeah, bro. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Just doing the small things, man. It's it's not it's not it's not very difficult. You know what I mean? It's not like they're asking you to to log in twelve hours a day. Most of the time, our day is only six hours out of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Unless you're in rehearsals Let's and that's a rehearsals. longer time. Yeah. But just be on time. Yeah. Be a nice person. Be respectful. Speak to everybody. You know what I mean? That part. Don't, don't be a know jerk. your job. Right. Don't be a butthole to the people that you're working with because you feel like you're above them or they're beneath you. Yeah. Just be a good. And these are things that you should just know. Just have more morals, of. right? You just get morals. <laughs> outside of being a, a world-class musician, you should just be a good person, period. Don't be a creep. Don't be a creep, bro. There's <laughs> so many creeps. <laughs> so many creeps. There's <laughs> so many, bro. Yeah. Who are you endorsing right now? I don't really endorse nobody. Like, I've never... Okay. I've I never really actually signed any papers with anybody okay. because I like what I like. And if yeah. I want to switch my base, it's something that I want to play. I feel like I, I I should be able to do that. That's an honest answer. I like that because you're it's, not limited to, to, to one sound. Yeah, man. And, and, and I found what worked for me, like my performance base right now for Oof. the last 12, 14 years, it's all I play. Yeah. And it works everywhere I go. So I'm, I'm not with like signing with people because I'm doing this level of gig just to get some free stuff. Yeah. I've done it. I've gotten free bases, but yeah. I only take my performers out the house. So it's kind of <laughs> like pointless to just have them keep sending me stuff. <laughs> They're trying to win you over, man. They're like, play my stuff. I will. Send it to the house. I'll practice with it. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Name three things that are in your gig bag. Toothpicks. Okay. Chicago uh, thing or just... No, nah, just, just I, I want to keep my teeth. <laughs> I keep the stuff out of my teeth. That's a um honest answer. AirPods. Okay. Um, and mints. Okay. Yeah, keep my breath fresh. Absolutely. Okay. That's definitely needed on the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does your writer vary from gospel to pop or R&B? What you nah. choose? No. It, it it's all the same because again. I play what works. My, okay. my my performance fits whether I'm playing with Kirk Franklin or Justin Timberlake. Okay, it, I mean um, bass amp. It's the same. Mm -hmm. And 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 honestly, bro, I don't even hear the bass amp on stage because I got <laughs> yeah. in it. Right, right, right. So it's like it's there because they they sent it to me, and I gotcha. want them to to keep sending me free stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now I was speaking to how humble and modest you are. Um, how do you feel the internet has changed musicians? Jesus Christ. Everybody's somebody now, bro. <laughs> and yeah. I, I say that respectfully because everybody is somebody, but this musician thing, bro, it's not heartbreaking, but it's kind of sad to see how people treat people when they feel like they're above them. Yeah. The the internet all stars is is at an all-time high. The hype is real, bro, right? It's so real. <laughs> and, and you know what's really sad is that the guys at the top that's really getting the calls, they don't act like that. Bro. They do you... not act like that. Yeah. The 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 high-level guys who who's making the real money and getting the real calls, yeah. they're not jerks, bro. They're all friends. And yeah. when they talk on the phone, they don't talk about music. No. <laughs> no, you're right. 
that we're we're not sitting around like, hey man, what base you playing? Did you yeah. hear what's his name? We don't care. They're so far removed from that stuff. Yeah, it's so far. But I understand their aspect of it because this is their world now. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are looking at Instagram, seeing what you post. Yeah. So I get that concept. But there's a way to post it, and there's a way to be on the internet as a musician. Right. I love that. You can't yeah. post everything. You just no, you, can't. you can't. You can't post everything, bro. Yeah. Um, what genre do you love playing the most? Probably gospel, man. Okay. There's nothing I, wrong with that. I love gospel music, bro. Because it, we can be so expressive in gospel music. Mm -hmm. I can't be that expressive in the pop world or in the yeah. R&B world or rap. Yeah. It's like, it's only so much you can play. But if you feel a B flat, a low B flat in gospel mm -hmm. music, and you know it's going to work, you can play it and nobody's going to say anything to you. Nah. Unless it's the wrong note. <laughs> right. Unless it's the wrong note at the wrong time, right? Yeah. Um, How do you tune? I tune down a half step. Half step. Okay. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. I had to, I had, well, I didn't have to. I saw Maurice doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Maurice and Tony did. Yeah. I'm following what's working. Of course, of course. Um, you play a five or six? Five. Five. Six okay. is too many options to go down the flames. <laughs> too many opportunities for me to play the wrong note. Talk Ooh, to me. It, talk to me about have you ever had a crash and burn experience? Bro, I had one bad on Justin Timberlake. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was so bad, man. And we we all laughed. And, and nobody tripped, but we were overseas. And we had been playing this show for a year now. Mm -hmm. Maybe a year, maybe nine months, whatever. And we start the song, I play the intro, and I'm supposed to come out. Mm -hmm. But my mind went somewhere else, and I'm still in the song. And I'm looking around like, why is everybody looking at me? Yeah. And T-Von was like, bro, you're supposed to be out right now. Oh. <laughs> So I'm looking, he's laughing while he's telling me this. So I'm looking around, like, if I fall out right now, it's going to be so sudden. Yeah. So obvious. In the stadium, bro, of course. Bro, I played I play the whole verse wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I played the whole verse wrong. <laughs> and they clown me so bad at this show. And I was like, man, I'm sorry, bro. I have no clue what happened. Yeah. No clue at all. <laughs> it was bad too. That's hilarious. Well, you, you you were conscious of it now, so you, it won't happen again. Man, I was standing there like a deer in headlights, like, what am I doing? <laughs> why, <laughs> why am I still in? It was bad. Justin laughed too. Justin Timberlake laughed too. That's cool, man. He didn't yeah. trip. That's that's what's up. Because they know you're what you're made of, man. Just Bro, we've been happen, out here right? for a year. You've heard me play this wrong <laughs> 200 times, right? Don't get mad at the one time I messed up. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you've worked with some iconic figures like Dave Hollister, Mary, Mary, Kurt Franklin, Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, uh, Alicia Keys, American Idol Tour. How did you get onto the American Idol Tour? I think it was Teddy, right? You said Teddy, bro. Him and Ricky Minor. Wow. Talk to yeah. me about Ricky Minor, man. That that experience. Ricky taught me how to be a professional. Yeah. On a, on a on a level that I didn't even know was possible. Okay. He he's such the professional that he don't take no crap. Okay. My first meeting with him was the Britney Spears audition, and I was late. My first time in LA, I didn't have a car. Uber wasn't around, so I had to yeah. wait on my friend, my friend's wife. 
to come pick me up from their house. They had church, church yeah. ran over. <laughs> so by the time she gets me, I'm supposed to be at the audition. Oh. I get to the audition. Teddy's like, where the hell you been? I was like, man, oh. Felix, his girl just picked me up. He's like, Ricky don't, he don't do late, bro. Like by no late. means. Mm. So he introduced me to Ricky. He's like, man, this is the guy I've been talking to you about. He was like, man, nice to meet you. You were late. Thank you for coming. Ooh. I was like, no, I'm supposed to audition. He was like, yeah, you were supposed to 30 minutes ago. He's like, the one thing I don't do is I don't do anybody showing up to anything that I'm having late. And he saw my face. He's like, great to meet you, young man. And I walked, I walked out defeated. And Teddy was like, I'm going to go talk to him. But this, you're probably not going to audition. Yeah. So he ended up letting me audition. And he was like, the only reason I let you audition is because I trust Teddy. Wow. The only reason. Big bro. Looking out. And he was like, the one thing that you have to have over everybody is being the professional that you have to be. That's These one thing I say. I, I may not be able to outplay you, but I'll, I'll professional you. <laughs> I'm going to outwork you yeah. every day of the week, bro. Word, word. I ain't got all the chops you got, but I'm going to exactly. be on time. I'm going to smell good. I'm going to look decent. My gotcha. bass is going to sound good. Yep. I'm going to outwork you every time. I'm and and the that's why I'm I work, music. Bro. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. I'm not better than nobody. Trust me when I tell you that. When it comes to skill set, I know what my skill set is. Yes. I know why I'm above people because I'm going to outwork you. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I do everything that I can to make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, and how I'm supposed to be there. That and that's dope. what Ricky taught me. Yeah. Salute to Ricky Minor, man. That I love is, that dude. That's amazing, man. Uh, what a consummate professional he is. And Bro. So many, so many lives he's touched, you know, like that he's so many people he's given opportunity to. Yeah, man. It's dope. Yeah, he's super great, dude. Super great. So with all the tours and tapings that you've done, what was your favorite session? Probably uh the first Marvin Sap record. Okay, yeah. I, I wasn't supposed to be on that record. Oh, breaking news. Tell me about that. Bro, I was Daryl Freeman does all he, at the time he was doing all of Aaron Lindsay's recordings. Yes. So I had no, I didn't even know my name was even being brought up to this guy. Wow. So I guess Calvin got the call. Daryl Freeman was supposed to do it, mm -hmm. but Daryl went out on a play with Kevin Bond or something. Yeah. The week prior to me getting the call, I'm in Africa with Kurt Franklin and mm -hmm. Israel's on the gig. Yeah. And Israel's up, then we go up with Kurt, and a worship moment happened in Africa. I hit the floor. Yeah. Literally, like, I'm on the floor. My bass is rumbling and yeah. everything. <laughs> so after we get off the stage, Israel was like, I like that. Mm -hmm. He's like, I like that. Yeah. And I guess Calvin brought my name up to, to Aaron. Okay. And I maybe Aaron asked Israel or Buddy or something. Yeah, that's really how I got on the record. Like, wow. I wasn't I, I wasn't even on their radar. I, Aaron Lindsay didn't know me. Yeah, I wasn't a part of the guys that were being called for of those course, records. Yeah, you right. listen and you know those those records are happening, but I was I wasn't a part of that. And then when it happened, Calvin brought my name up. Yeah, he's like my my little brother can play, like he can play. And I yeah. guess Aaron was like, "Do you like? You think I should call him?" I was like, "He's like, yeah." Give him a call. And when he called me, I was almost in tears because, again, 
Yeah. I'm not supposed to be a part of this. <laughs> like you got Daryl freaking Freeman. Like what do you what are you calling me for if Daryl Freeman is on your on your call? Like, <laughs> what do you what are you doing calling me? What do you need me for? But right. it was it was a moment in time that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And it, oh, it was it was epic, bro. I, I had never experienced recording a, a record at that level before. Yeah. Now, mind you, I played with Marvin before because I was filling in for Maurice. Right. And I would I I drove Maurice to a Maurice uh, to a Marvin Sapp recording. Yeah. I drove him from Chicago to Detroit. Wow. So I had the seeds had already been planted. Yeah, like, of course. And when it happened, I was just like, Lord, thank you, man. <laughs> like, yeah, what a blessing, I, man. Wow. Such a blessing, bro. That's an incredible story, man. Just full circle, right? You know, being the servant and then coming back to be in the place where you're you're in the driver's seat now. And then your friends vouching for you. Like, yeah. he didn't have to do that. No. <laughs> he didn't have to say, man, my little brother can play. Yeah. So many other guys that he's recorded with, they made, let's call this guy. He's like, my brother's ready. Like, he he's ready to do this. But that speaks to your work ethic. That speaks to your character. That speaks yeah. to your demeanor. It speaks to, you know, how these guys, you, you mentioned three guys already that spoke for you. Four, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, like, all these people are speaking for you. Yeah. Um, from your hometown. That's amazing. And they're providing these opportunities for you. Um, and, and it's put you in the place where you are respected yeah. as, a, as a session musician working, you know, in this game. And the name Swole, Derek Ray means something in the gospel music industry. And, and it's crazy because I never it, I never thought of it, bro. It's, and I, not just gospel, though. It, it rings out in music, period. You know, yeah. you played on some major stages, bro. And, and, and that's to be saluted. This is episode seven of the Musician Memoirs. Uh, series on the In the Pocket podcast. I am Kevin Chip Ginyard here with the man, Derek Sworay. He is yeah, talking to us about uh, life on the road, on and off the road. Uh, he's telling us so many great stories of his his humble beginning, and he's a great guy, man. He's Thank he's here you, with bro. us tonight, and we're we're super hyped to have him with us, man. Uh, how how is playing for a gospel gig versus an R and B gig or or a pop gig? How do you take on that persona? I when when it's gospel music, I I, I give space for grace. Like okay. again, because we can express ourselves more in the gospel realm. Yeah. But I give the same respect to the pop world, you know what I mean, or the R and B world. Knowing the music, I, I think it goes back to just being at a level of professionalism where you respect whatever call comes in. Yeah. You know, if, if you're gonna play at a bar mitzvah learn what their music is and learn how they play the music and the feeling of it and yeah. the rhythm of it you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah. that that's I, I i love it all but pre preparation is the same wherever we go yeah it, whatever gig it is so you've done some amazing tours uh what was your favorite tour anti, anti. it was so life-changing bro like yeah i had never worked with mike reed before <sighs> Who who has who has become one of one of the greatest people that I've ever met? Amazing dude, yeah. Just his mind and how he thinks. I I had worked with Omar before because he did Mary J. Yes. Monty did Mary J. with us. Mm -hmm. I did American Idol with Tim Stewart. Yeah. I yeah. never met Brett before. Okay. So Rihanna, we get the call. My first gig was Rock and Rio. Mm. So we had maybe a week of rehearsals and I'm filling in for Adam. So I'm coming in, doing the gig and I'm getting out the way. Of course. So we do that gig and Omar's like, Adam's not going on tour, bro. Would you want to go out? I was like, 
what do I want to go out? What are you talking about? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I want to go. So, man, we get to L.A., and we, we kind of rehearsing. They ain't released the music yet, so we mm. in there chilling most of the time. Yeah. And then Omar has this great idea to, instead of staying at a hotel, we rent an Airbnb. Brilliant, yeah. Up in the hills, bro, this house was so incredible. So we barbecuing every day. Yeah. It's a, it's a party. People coming over to the house. You know Omar. Like, of course, yeah. After rehearsal, we coming over. We come, It's like, but then the camaraderie, bro, like, yeah. the hang was so good. Everybody yeah. respected each other. Everybody mm-hmm. knew their role within the band. It was no egos yeah. at all. And everybody's amazing in their own space. Of course. But man, you got Omar, who's so laid back, who's a great music director. You got Mike, who's on top of his game. Monty, who's on top of his game. Brett, yeah. Tim, on top of their game. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be here, bro. <laughs> I'm really just... And the music was good. Of course, yeah. Man, we traveled the world, bro. We had so much fun. How long was that tour? We were out a year. <sighs> we were out for a year, bro. Wow. So you 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 get to spend time with guys, and we only on stage three hours. Yeah. So the rest of that time, you get to build with guys, you, people going through stuff while while you're out. So you get to hear what they're dealing with. You give them your perspective. You tell them what you're going through. This yeah. guy's like, and I dealt with that. Do this, and I tried this, and this didn't work. Yeah. It's, it was it was the most amazing time I'd ever had in my life. So with you dealing with all these artists from gospel to pop to hip hop. Uh, you know, R&B, is the artist your friend? Never. Never. Talk about it. They're just, it's just they're not our friends. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, we're here to do a job. Right. You pay me to do a job, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to get out the way. <laughs> Smart. I, I liken it to like a contractor who builds houses. Yeah. If he builds your house, you're not inviting him over for dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Y'all yeah. not about to become boys and hang out. Right. Build the house. Thank you. Here's your money. Go on your way. Yeah. I don't I, what do we have in common? <laughs> what do we right. talk about? Yeah. No, they're never your friend. Ever. Yeah, yeah I heard it from Swole. <laughs> don't, don't don't be out here thinking that you're closer to the artist than you're not. Man, and, and what's the point of it? You know what I mean? What yeah. if they have a bad day mm. and, and you're the closest one at that day, yeah. at that time. Yeah. And they just want to lose it. They want to go crazy. Okay, get rid of him. What did yeah. he do? Nothing. I don't like him. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nope, I'm gonna stay out your way. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hello. You have a good day. Good. See you in a little bit. Yep. Out out the way, bro, in the cut. I hear you, man. That's that's good advice. Um, how do you maintain maintain the balance of being hungry for the next job, but not thirsty, like doing too much? What Opportunities. Found, yeah. yeah. What I found is you can't create the opportunity. Mm. And there's there's no phone call that you can make to get an opportunity. Talk in our it. in our line of work, there's no employment office. There's no phone, no place to call. Like, hey, is Justin Timberlake hiring this week, or is Rihanna hiring this week for the Super Bowl, <laughs> or is Kurt Franklin doing any recording? I would like to play. It just don't work like that. Yeah. So your professionalism and who you are as a person is your card. Okay. It's who is how people know. Like you mm-hmm. said, everybody says Swole's a good guy. I just want I just want to do my job. You know what I mean? Like I don't want no problems. I ain't gonna cause no problems. Yeah. I'm coming here, be professional, do my job, and I'm going on out the way. But I trust God enough that He'll He'll lead me or bring my name up for the next opportunity. 
Absolutely. It's nothing will. we can do. It's yeah. nothing. It's out of your hands, right? It's just you you be all professional. you can do, all you can do is what you can do. Yeah. Be professional, hone in on your craft, right? Do do what you're supposed to do and let God do the rest. I'm a prime example of that. Yeah. Prime example. Like I ain't calling nobody, like, hey man, if you need me, <laughs> let me know. And there was a time, I'm not gonna say I didn't do that. Yeah. I did that with Ricky Minor when I was growing, when I was younger, because they used to say out of sight, out of mind. Of course. That's I true. Figured, no, that is true. It's very true. But God will put your name on people's minds. Mm. No, David wasn't passing out cards when they brought his name up. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He wasn't in the palace with them like, hey, I play an instrument. If you need me to play this spirit off you. Yeah. He, that somebody else brought his name up. Yeah. So if, if that's if that's how you look at it, God will always reward you for trusting him or yeah. make faith moves. Making faith moves. <laughs> it's really, right. a, it's really an act of faith, bro. Because there's no where we can call to get work. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's no way to get the work. It's literally him lining it up for you when you're ready for it. Yes. So with your success, you've made money. You know, I'm sure you had to have some lessons about preserving your money. Yeah. What advice can you, you know, give to other people about money management? Go on the road make the money and live way beneath your means. Okay. Way beneath. I, yeah. I I learned when we would do the American Idol gigs, the tours, that I didn't know what was coming up after American Idol, if anything was coming up. Yeah. So what I would do is I would save all of the money. Mm. I would try not to buy anything. Wow. I literally would come home with like 85% of the money that I made. And I would live off of that money until the phone rang again. And it wow. didn't always ring. You know yeah. what I mean? There was times where there was a gap. Yeah. And I didn't have the money, but at least I stretched this money as far as I possibly <laughs> could. Yeah. Because what we make in a week, most people make in a month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you put this money away and you live beneath your means, yeah. what are you spending it on? Where's the money going? Right. I wasn't a big shopper and like shoe guy back then. Right. So I wasn't really spending my money. And I had kids too. That that kind of yeah, it, it, it kept me focused and it made me think about the future. Of course, yeah. Because if I'm you're not I'm, living for yourself, you're 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 living for your children. I might want a three hundred dollar coat, but my kids need pampers, they need yeah. milk, tuition. Yeah. Right. So I can't just go splurge on what I want. I do it now because my yeah. kids are grown. Of course, yeah. But Growing up, I had to I had to learn discipline, especially yeah. with money. I don't come from money. I don't mm -hmm. come from parents who manage money well. You know what right. I mean? I didn't see it. Right. So I had to I had to make myself learn it. That's great. And that that's really how it happened for me. And I still I I live that way right now. That's amazing. Live beneath your means. Yeah, bro. Because yeah. if you don't, you'll you'll always be chasing what's next. Okay. You'll always be running to man. Who who going out? Who doing mm -hmm. a tour? Hey, Adam, what you got coming up? You don't want to like, be that guy. Yeah, you can't be that guy. <laughs> you cannot be that guy. So right. if, if if you have the money saved, if the phone don't ring, I'm okay. Yeah, and it's gonna ring, but just say it don't. Mm. Then what you gonna do? Right. Ugh. So good. This is episode seven of Musician Memoirs on the In the Pocket Podcast. Here with the man Derek Swole Ray. How important is it for musicians to plan their life after music slows down? I will say I just learned that. Okay. And and I, I don't want to act like I got all the answers, but that pandemic showed me something Ooh. that I wasn't ready for. 
talk about it, man. I, that was one of my questions. How did you handle Bro. the pandemic? But so let's go back. Mm -hmm. Faith moves. I guess we hadn't talked about it, so we can't go back. When God gave me faith moves, I told him no. Mm -hmm. When he gave me the idea, I was like, I'm not selling clothes. That's not what I do. I'm a musician. Yeah. This is the this is the job you've given me. I want to travel the world and I want to do what I've been doing. Yeah. Not knowing a few years later that a pandemic was coming and mm -hmm. nobody was going to work. Yeah. Everybody was going to be sitting at home. Mm -hmm. So when I told him no, he was like, all right, I'm trying to give you something that will sustain you. But if you don't want to do it, I'll give it to somebody else. And you have to watch them be successful at it. Mm. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And I went and talked to Brian Fraser more about it. He's on tour with Justin. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got this idea. I'm thinking about doing some T-shirts. I'm thinking about doing some hats. He's like, let me explain something to you. You're on one of the biggest tours in the world right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people is going to see this. Yeah. Absolutely do this brand. And I'll help you. So yeah. everything that I needed was already within the camp of who I was already out with. My guitar tech owned a, a printing shop in, what is that? Somewhere in California. Wow. And he was like, I'm going to connect you with my people. You can use them until you figure your stuff out. Yeah. And Brian was like, this will be a great time to do that. So the ball started rolling. And at first I was giving the stuff away. Yeah. I was giving hats away, t-shirts away. And then we played in Dallas. The same time Kurt Franklin had his festival and Aaron was there, mm -hmm. Aaron Lewis. And I gave him a hat. He was like, How much is it? I was like, No, nah, it's free. He's like, Let me tell you something. Don't <laughs> give away another free hat. Yeah. He's like, This is your brand. And I wasn't thinking like that. No. I wasn't thinking brand. I wasn't thinking building something. Mm -hmm. He was like, Charge for these hats, bro. I was like, All right. All right. And it just snowballed and it mm -hmm. snowballed. And when the pandemic hit, because I had been good with my money, and I had set my companies up. Yes. I was able to get unemployment and I was still able to sell my, my merchandise. Wow. So during the pandemic, like I own a two unit building, so I don't really pay the mortgage. Yeah, of I course. Can't pay the mortgage. So I I, I was comfortable. Say that again. You own I say own. that again. <laughs> Let's go. I own property in Chicago. So the money that was coming in was mainly profit like yeah. I, I was just stacking it and putting it to the side absolutely so i just i i don't even know where this mindset came it came from being poor you grow up poor and you don't have nothing so yeah. you're like i ain't never going back to that i don't ever want to be broke again i hate asking people for anything yeah so i i just i just learned to like be smarter with my money mm -hmm. and and if the pandemic showed me like it it has to be more yeah. than just the instrument and you waiting on somebody to call you. Wow. We were out with American Idol. Me, Aaron, Aaron Spears, Tim Stewart got to St. Louis. Do you mm -hmm. know uh Jay Ross TV? No, I, I think I saw that interview online. Yeah. So he hit me and we were really cool. He's like, I want to do an interview on y'all. Yeah. He pulled up to get us to take us to eat. In the parking and, lot. I saw it. Yeah. In the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his clothes were so dirty. Like he had grass on his shoes, <laughs> he had stains on his clothes. And he was like, man, I'm sorry. I'm bummy. I came right from work. Yeah. And I was like, work? What do you do? He's like, I own a landscaping company. Wow. I was like, a landscaping company? What's that? He was like, I cut grass in the summer. I do um, lawn care in the summer. And in the wintertime, I, I I do the 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 snow removal. Snow and ice removal, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Nobody, nobody that I knew that I admired in music had a job outside of music. Oh, yeah. Nobody. 
I had yeah. never seen anybody work outside of music. And when I saw that, and this was 15 years ago, I remembered him when Faith Move started. Mm. Like, you got to have something outside of this. You got to have yeah, something. Yeah. Because I can't pass on Justin Timberlake to my kids. <laughs> no, you can't. I can't pass on a, a Kirk Franklin tour to my kids. Right. Faith Moves is there, so. Yes. You know what I mean? It's something that I can pass on. This, this property that I own, something happens to me, it's theirs. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean? So that that that's what the pandemic really taught me. Yeah. To, to prepare for what you don't see coming. Yeah. Wow. And I was going to ask you, like, the name Faith Moves is just what it really is. It's just a faith move. It's how I live my life, bro. I've lived this way since I was a kid. I didn't even know about faith growing up. Mm-hmm. But I just believe that there's got to be more yeah. than being on the west side of Chicago, broke, hungry, and living the way that I live. Yes. It just has to be. There's a time when I first started playing, those same two guys, Mike, my cousin Mike, and then my best friend Mike, we were sitting at my granny's dining room table. And she was like, what do y'all want to do for a living? And my cousin had just started working at the cable company. And my other my other boy was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I, I said out of my mouth without even thinking, Granny, I'm going to travel the world and play music with the biggest artists in the world. Spoken. And she looked, she looked me dead in my eyes and said, that's not a job. Mm. You can't <laughs> do that for a living. It's not yeah. something you can do for a living. And I don't fault her for saying that because that's where she was in her faith. Like yeah. she had never seen it. Right. So how can you how can that be something I've never seen nobody do it? Right. And I'm like, Granny, I don't know, but I'm I'm gonna travel the world with the biggest artists in the world and I'm gonna play music and I'm not gonna do nothing else. I'm not uh-huh. working a job. My kids suffered at the beginning of, of this. Okay. But I, I feel like it 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 cultivated something in me that's got me where I am today. Mm-hmm. Because I just I knew it. I was like, I'm not working no job, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not, I'm not working no job. So and you never I, had you had never had any other options. I was going to ask you, you know, if you weren't a musician, what would you be? Did you have any other endeavors or desires? Not young. When I was younger, I never yeah. thought of anything. I worked at at this furniture store in, <laughs> in Chicago. It's called Arrington, and they would put me on on the schedule every Sunday. And I would tell the lady, "I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I got church on Sunday." Yeah. She was like, "Well, you can't go to church." I'm like you out your mind if you think I ain't going to <laughs> you you got to be crazy if you think I'm not going to church. Right. So from 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 13, 14 years old, this is all I wanted to do. But I never again, I never seen nobody do anything outside of of music. So having a a clothing brand, it's like it's mind blowing. Like it's not even something that I would have even thought about. Talk about the endorsement of your friends and, and people that you work with. You know, everybody bought into the brand, bro. It, it brings me to tears to this day when I see yeah. my people's name pop up in the email that they purchased. Yeah. Or if they hit me like, hey, here's $300. Send me whatever you have in my size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because again, bro, I, I had no experience in branding or yeah. clothing or building anything. I had no experience. So to, to start from scratch and God give me everything I need along the way. Yeah, it's it's a testament to me listening to him mm-hmm. and him 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 literally ordering my steps. I didn't want to do this, bro. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I did not want to sell clothes. I did not want to be the guy like, hey man, hey, can you can you check my stuff out? But because yeah. I saw a different perspective of it when you go buy clothes. Like if yeah. you go in a clothing store, they're hounding you, hey, check this out, do this, yeah. do that. Sales. I literally didn't have to do that. No. Well, for one, it speaks to 
your character and who you are and people buy into the brand because it represents you. Yeah. And people want to support you. And then it's dope. It's high quality. Yeah. High quality things. You know, your pictures are good. You know, the uh, the endorsements of the people that are rocking the stuff. Yeah, you know, man. The cosign, that, that cosign means something. And it so means something. It's, it's built on the foundation of the relationship with you. And then it's built on, you know, how you're presenting it and how you carry yourself in music. And like everything is connected under the brand of Swole and then into it people. Is. So that's dope, man. Super. I, I'm my mind is blown every every time, bro. Like when I when I get orders, man. I, I was in tears a couple weeks ago. I'm not gonna lie to you. Just the just the thought of it, like God, you really you take care of me. Like yeah, you really you thought about this before the you knew the pandemic was coming. Yeah, because you can see what I can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you this. So when 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 you can't play music, you can still take care of you and your family. Yeah. So was it birth in 2020? 2018. We started okay. with just 2018. Okay. My daughter, uh, Valencia, I'm on the tour. I'm in Canada. Mm-hmm. And she calls me. It's like, Chump, have you listened to uh, Cardi B's new song? I was like, you know I don't listen to Cardi <laughs> You know I'm not. She's like, you should really listen to it. Oh, yeah. I got it's, you. It's a, it's, it's a real. I'm like, what's the name of the song? Money Moves. Yeah. So I get up, I go to the gym, I put the song on. She's talking about money this and money yeah. that. And I'm like, God, we ain't got that money yet. Like no. that ain't the money. The money she's talking about, I can't I can't equate to yeah. where I am. Yeah. He he says to me very clearly, you don't need money, you need faith. You mm. can move by faith. Two months prior to my daughter having this conversation with me, I say to a friend, in 2018, we're making all faith moves. She sends me back. She sends me back the text message when the brand starts. Yeah, confirm like, I know you don't remember saying this to me. Yeah. Look at what you text me. Yeah. And I'm just like, mind blown. I never th- again, bro. This ain't this ain't like a concept I thought of. Like, right. It was not something that I thought of, but it's literally been my life since like seven. Like, believing God, God, you gotta, you gotta do something for me. You can't leave me in this place. Mm, right. You can't have me in this place. I'm. My mother's addicted. My father ain't around. Yeah. You cannot leave me you in can't this forsake place. me. Yeah. Oh man. And he's I like, if you it. if you believe me, I got you. And that's why you're blessed. Well, oh my God, I <laughs> I felt God in that. That's amazing, bro. It's he's literally with you. my life. Yeah. He's been with me the whole time. I my 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 immediate family, my mom, my aunt, my cousins who lived in the house with me, they've been through so much. We've For all sure. been through so much. Yeah. I didn't go through what they went through. Like he literally would pick me out at times and take me over to my cousins in house. I lived yeah. with them for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I go to my, my cut, my other boy, Mike's house. I lived in a basement for two years. Yeah. He literally, he would pick me out mm-hmm. and like set me up in, in scenarios where I wouldn't get the same hit that my family would get. Yeah. And he would sustain me through these times, bro. Like there were, there were times where I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. Yeah. And I'm a grown working musician at this time. Right. I'm a full on musician in the struggle of musician. Of course, yeah. And and I'm like, God, how did you bring how, I watched you take me from these places and now I can't put gas in the car to get them to school. Mm, and now yeah. I can't feed them. Yeah. And he he would sustain me through that time, bro. So my faith has always been at another level, but watching him orchestrate my life and connect me to this person and connect me to that person 
and bring my name up in, in times where I had no idea people were talking about me, bro. I didn't have yeah. a radar on Rihanna. Yeah. I didn't even know Adam wasn't doing it. Yeah. I had no clue. And <laughs> Mary J had just canceled a tour on us. Yeah. Maybe a week prior. Mm. And he's bringing my name up. I never expected to work with Adam. Yeah. It's, I, I never expected to get that phone call because he played bass. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's a bass player, he's the leader. Yeah. But what I learned about him is that he's such a special dude that he's not intimidated by nobody. He shouldn't, yeah. He's not intimidated by your gift, your talent. And if he needs you and he can trust you, mm -hmm. he'll call you. Yeah. So he's a smart, man. He's a smart man too. Bro, he, he, he's a different caliber of guy. Like, so to have my name being brought up and then to find out that they, it was between me and some other guys, it's like, why'd y'all pick me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, why'd you call me? And it's it's literally God orchestrating me, bro. Like, It's the favor of God in, in, on your life, man, based on how you carry yourself, yeah, how, how you live, how you move. In faith, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. it's, it's it's it all adds up. Um, this is episode seven of the <laughs> In the Pocket Podcast, Musician Memoirs Edition with Derek Swole Ray, uh entrepreneur, bass player, yeah, bass player to the stars, you know, <laughs> humble Chicago musician that's doing big things. He took time out to be with us tonight. Um, let's play a game, bro. Let's play a game called Rapid Fire. Got you. I'm I've seen this game. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you a choice and you tell me what your choice is. Let's go uh, straight to it. Brooklyn or Chicago pizza? Chicago. Chicago, of course. London or Paris? London, for sure. Okay. Logic or Pro Tools? Logic. Logic. New York or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, Mexican food or Italian food? Italian, for sure. Okay. Uh, let's go Atlanta or Houston? Mm. Probably Houston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Canada or Mexico? I ain't never been to Mexico, so. No? Okay, cool. Uh, let's do uh, White Sox or Cubs. <laughs> Who cares? Oh! Who cares? <laughs> let's do the White Sox because I live south. Let's do the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> they both are terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, AD or D Rose? D Rose for sure. Yeah. Okay. AD, uh, he get hurt too much. <laughs> Lakers or Bulls? Which era? You tell me. You're I'm going Bulls, bro. Because we can go Kobe or Shaq or Mike and Scotty. Mike and Scotty for sure. Mike and Scotty. Yeah. That was our, that was our glory years. <laughs> <laughs> Delta or JetBlue? Delta. Okay. Snapbacks or Fedoras? Snapbacks. Okay. But I like a, I like a fedora too. Yeah, I ain't mad at it. That's what's up. Coats and boots or sneakers and t-shirts. Chicago, I gotta go coat and coats and boots. Okay, but I, I like a t-shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, you enjoy traveling, as in touring or home studio sessions? Traveling for sure. Traveling, okay. Yeah. Early mornings or late nights? <laughs> Probably early morning. Early morning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to chicken or fish. Chicken. Chicken. Okay. 
Playing up, playing standing up, or sitting down? Sitting down for sure. Sitting down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's do one last one. Character or skill? This is most. It's the most popular one. Character for sure. Can you give me your reason why? Because if your character is amazing and your skill is subpar, they'll still call you. Yeah. If you get the job done and your skill is up to par and your mm -hmm. character is good, they'll call you. Yeah. If your character is terrible and your skill is amazing, you won't get the call. <laughs> you won't get the call. And if you get it, you won't get called back. Yeah. Okay. I like that. <laughs> as, as simple as that. Yeah, simple for real. That. Let's play another game called We Want the Funk. Give me your top five baselines from any genre. On the spot. My first one would be Faith Evans' Love Like This. Okay. Classic. Yeah. And probably We Want the Funk. Who Whose okay. song is that? Um, is that Parliament? Yeah. Yeah, right? Parliament, yeah. Um, Michael Jackson's PYT. Okay. Um... My granddaughter's up there crying. Are um, oh, you a pop pop? Yeah, I'm a pop pop. <laughs> My grandbaby's one. She's the cutest thing ever. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. Um, where are we at? Three? We at four yet? We I said uh, love like one. this. We want the funk. And what was three? Pyt. Pyt. And so we're on. Uh, what's going on, uh, Marvin Gaye? What's going on? And. Jesus Christ. What is the Eric Benet song? I love this song. What is this Eric Benet song? Jesus Christ. Is it Georgie Porgy? Oh, Georgie Porgy running hot. Okay. I, lo I love that bass line because the... the, the... That was actually my bad. <laughs> that would spend my life with Georgie Porgy. Okay, I got you. That's dope. That, those would be my five. You take you take the bass out of any one of those songs, and those songs are trash. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you take it out of anyone, <laughs> and you don't want to hear that song. That's dope. Thank you for sharing, man. Let's go yeah, to bro. a game called "What Song Is That." I'm gonna play a clip of a record that you played on. Yeah. You give me some backstory mm -hmm. on that clip. All right. We're here yes, with Swole Ray. This is Musician Memoirs, Episode Seven, with the Young Legend. Swole Ray. Let's go to one of my one of my favorite records that you played on. Let's go. Talk to me about that session. Who was that? Gerald Hatton called me. I'm in LA. I don't even know what I was doing there. And he's like, come up to the studio. Yeah. And they was working on this song. He's like, play, play something on this for me. <laughs> and Chris Johnson is on drums. And Chris is so good, bro. Yes, yeah, amazing. He's so amazing. And Warren has this like 70s P bass. Mm. And that's what came out, bro. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's great. That's what came out. Like, it wasn't no thinking. It wasn't like, let's figure this out. It just came out, and it yeah. fit everything that Gerald was doing. 
it was kind of. I heard the song in Walmart. Like I'm walking through CVS and Walmart. Like they play it on in uh, the stores now. It's really? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a dope song. Really, it's a really dope, dope feel. Song. I, I yeah. love the feel. Like it's got that old feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all playing on that joint too. That's crazy. That's super crazy. All right, let's go to another one. Derek Swole Ray, y'all. <laughs> I mean, intros and outros. Let's go, Swole. Crazy, bro. Bro, talk to me about that Thirsty album. That Thirsty album really, two albums changed the game for gospel in, in that era, in the early 2000s. And it was Hero, Kurt yes. Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was uh, Kim Burrell, the Everlasting Life album. That was like the mm-hmm. 90s. But then it moved to Hero. Like, sonically, it just changed everything, how yeah. musicians play, right? Yeah. And then... It was that Marvin Sapp Thirsty record Crazy. with John Yash on the mix and you and Calvin and, oh, my God. Uh, it just was an amazing time, man. Talk to me about the that that scenario, that, that, that session that you guys put together on that Thirsty album. The crazy part about that is we rehearsed in, in Houston for two or three days. And... I felt so out of place because again, I'm not supposed to be here with these level, these yeah. these kind of guys, right? I'm is it playing to your psyche? Like you're like this supposed it's to be Daryl killing Freeman me, here. bro. Yeah, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, you are trash. <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even. I'm in my mind, I'm thinking Aaron is gonna call Daryl Freeman or anybody else yeah. once we leave Houston mm. for these records. Yeah. So I talked to Calvin. I was like, man, I don't feel like I belong here. Yeah. He's like, nigga, you wouldn't even be here if you didn't belong here. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, let that sink in. Yeah. And because I had recorded with him so much, I knew to give him space. I knew not to overplay him. And I knew what type of bass player Daryl Freeman was bringing on the other records. Of course. And I can't play like that. Yeah. So what, what, I, what I had to tell myself is just be yourself, bro. Yeah. Go in here and be yourself. And my ba- the way Aaron had my bass in the mix, it made me sound like I was doing way more than yeah. I was. <laughs> it made me sound like I was so elite, but it spoke to the type of pr- producer Aaron Lindsay is. Like I also attribute that to who you're playing with, right? Yes. I yes. always say that, right? Because yes. if you're playing with trash musicians, you're going to sound bad. Exactly. No matter how good you are. Yep, I agree. If, if you're playing with great musicians, and as long as you can play on that level, it's gonna make you sound amazing. And I, and, I totally agree. And I don't 1, even put 000. you, I don't even put you in a in a poor musician category. You're elite, and you were with a bunch of killers with Aaron Bro. Lindsay and all those all those guys. Man, that was an amazing. That album really changed gospel from the the placements, the chords, the intros, the outros, the uh, the mix. Was crazy, bro. I they didn't even go into this record like let's not so much not let's do a great record. Yeah. They were like, this is his last record on here. We're gonna get this record done, and he's going somewhere else. Yeah. So these songs, we were like, 
I never, I never, I never worked with a producer like Aaron Lindsay. Yeah. Who's playing all of that inside stuff like the what we just heard? Yes. I never we we weren't doing that in Chicago. Like nah. that's not what we did. No. So to to find my spacing in these 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 songs, but what changed it for me is when we got to Grand Rapids, we had worship moments before yeah. rehearsal. Okay. And that changed everything for me. It, it, it made it me comfortable. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. opened me up to like be who I wanted to be. And a lot of stuff I was playing because Calvin like played something different. And yeah. it, it like made me react a different way. Gotcha. So it wasn't really so much of my playing more as much as it was those worship moments that would change the trajectory yeah. of rehearsals and like the sound checks would be crazy. Yeah. That record was nuts, bro. That record was incredible, man. Salute it to you guys. It was so nuts. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was an amazing. I mean, literally the album that changed the world. I yeah. Mean, since, since we're on that album, let's talk about the biggest, <laughs> the biggest hit from that album. Bro, you are playing some big boy Chicago bass on that junk, man. <laughs> Bro, like it's still it's still so session, but it's still Chicago. Like yeah, I, church, Chicago church too. Totally Chicago church. Yes, sir. I, I mean, that. How does it feel to be a part of a viral song like that? That's one of the greatest songs, and then it's yeah. been remixed. You know, they play it in the club. They play, they play it in the clubs. So, so you crazy. walk around, you like that's me. How does Bro. that feel? I'm, I'm going to tell you a story, and I haven't told too many people about this, right? So my mom, she dealt with drug addiction basically my whole life. Okay. She went into rehab maybe a year before she passed away. Okay. So before she went in, my son told her, Mama, this is my daddy playing on this song. And mm. she was like, playing? what you mean playing on this song? So he <laughs> let her hear the song. She fell in love with the song, right? Wow, yes, sir. So she goes into rehab. And on Sundays was her visiting day. I go up there one Sunday yeah. and the security lady's like, who are you here to see? I'm like, I'm here to see Nadine Ray. And she's like, are you her son? I was like, yes, ma'am. She's like, you'd have never would have made it, man. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? She was like, you played on Never Would Have Made It, right? I was like, how do you know that, ma'am? She's like, that's the only song your mother plays in here. Oh, man. God bless Literally you, man. the only song she plays in here. That's how I know. Yes, so sir. my mom would come down. So I was like, Needy, you didn't told these people that I played on this song. Like, I told these people my baby on this song. My baby. That's right. On this song. And she's like, that song gets me through in here. Yeah. And I'm just, I felt like tears running down yeah. my face sitting no. there with her. That's that was just the greatest moment, bro. Like that's yeah. what that song means to me. Yes, sir. Thank you Crazy. for sharing that, man. That's that's an amazing story to, to support the amazing song, and that song has blessed people all over the world, yeah. bro. It's it's up there with the, the biggest songs that are that have been written and, and produced. Marvin made a Cosby. lot of money on that. Song. <laughs> that and album. what's crazy about the song, he wasn't even gonna record it. Wow. We didn't even rehearse it. That's Aaron calling out notes to me on Come the on. So, 
We didn't rehearse that song. It was never, hey, this is one of the songs. Hey, he might do this. Here's the the, the skeleton of it. It was one of those, like, just like, we're going to flow. We may do this. We may not. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Get out of here. The biggest He's song on the record. Nope. We never, we, we might have ran it once or twice. I'm leaning more towards once. It wasn't a song on the record. It's something that he had started at his church in Grand Rapids, and his wife made him record the song. Was there a loop or anything? Yeah, or just, he had okay. a loop. He had a loop ready. It, we didn't take that song serious, bro. <laughs> wow. We That's really God it. just moving. That's God having his way. It's just, a God moment, bro. And yeah. for it to do what it did and to take Marvin to where it took him, it's crazy. You're part of history, man. That that song is incredible, Crazy. Man. Crazy. Wow. And I wasn't even supposed to be on the record. Yeah. So in my mind, it's like, God, what you be doing, bro? God <laughs> does. He does all things well, bro. Man, he we are does. here with... With Swole Ray, man, Derek Swole Ray on episode yeah, seven of Musician Memoirs. Uh, we are getting into these records, man. Swole is an amazing bass player, entrepreneur, father, man of God, man. This is a good dude. And he's here uh, on the podcast with me, just sharing his story, telling us, yeah. giving us that free game, man. I'm honored to be here, bro. Thank you yeah. for having me on here, man. Seriously. Uh, this is dope, man. Let's go to one more. Let's. What else I got? Like, like, hey, what else I got? Bring that thing back. <laughs> yes, sir. Snap it. Come on, Swole. Woo! Walk that thing down. Yes, sir, man. We are here on the In the Pocket podcast with Derek Swole Ray. That was Marvin Sapp's More Than a Conqueror with the amazing Derek Swole Ray on bass. He is our guest here today, and I'm hyped because he's going to tell us some stories about some of these records he played on. Talk to us about that more than a Conqueror record, bro. Paris Bowens, bro. Yes, sir. Paris Bowens. And Paris was, he was one of those guys who who was a legend. Like, 
that Ty Tribbett, that era when when they showed up, it was like everybody had to stand back and watch. We had yes. to wait our turns to get back <laughs> in line. Yeah. Because they were that good. And to for him to come into the second record that we did, yeah, he brought so much creativity, bro. Sauce, yeah. And it caused you to think different because he ain't thinking like the typical gospel guy. No, not like at all. these arrangements that he was coming up with. I'm like, you want me to play that note over that? <laughs> he was like, yeah, because listen. Yeah. It's like, oh, it makes sense. And his mind is, so, he, it was so out and he was so talented. Yes. So to bring him into the space with Buddy Strong, Aaron yes. Lindsay, uh, Rick Watford at the time, Calvin. Mm. Yes. It's like, how are we even here? Like, what are we even doing here? His, his, <laughs> his thought process, and, and you hear those arrangements, it's yes. like, Bro, it, it yeah. was it was so mind blowing to experience him like that and to to work with him in that space. And it was so different from the Thai thing. So you got a whole nother level of respect for him. Yeah. You listening to him come up with these things. Some of them was on the spot. Yeah. Some of wow. the stuff is like, hey, try this. Hey, play mm -hmm. this note instead of that. Let's see if we can do this. And it's just like you were honored to be in his presence. Of you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Because he was really that good. Bro. He really was, bro. He was really that good. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And then Aaron was giving him freedoms to play stuff like that stuff Calvin was playing. But I always knew what my, my role was in moments <laughs> like that. I yeah. just have to be foundation. Just imagine me trying to play a triplet or something yeah. while Calvin <laughs> is doing what he's doing. It's like, bro, we didn't need that, bro. No, we, <laughs> we didn't need you to do that. Yeah, and I, and I fell in love with that process. I fell in love with just playing my role. Like I fell in love with guys saying, "Man, I love you." Play like a grown man. You're the glue guy, man. Like all that other stuff is not needed, that. man. It's it's just solid laying down the foundation. You're still giving it feeling. It's not boring. It's sauce. And honestly, I really don't know a lot of that stuff that everybody's playing. I really, honestly, once I started working, I stopped learning all of the. Yeah. The craziness because okay. I'm like, I don't see Ethan playing that with Janet Jackson. I don't see JJ playing that with Seal. I don't hear Nathan East playing that. I don't hear Maurice playing it. Yeah. I don't hear Ricky Minor playing it. So why am I gonna give that time when yeah. that's what I want to do? Exactly. So I I, st I stayed away from all of that stuff. Yeah. Wow. That that's amazing, man. But it's keeping you working. And it helped you develop your sound that yeah, people are sure. looking to. You're a sought yeah, after exactly. bass player because they want Thank you. God. They want your sound, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, and and your sound is seventy percent of it, bro. Like if you don't have a great sound, like if you don't if you don't know what you're supposed to sound like, you can't go play Kurt Franklin like you play Justin Timberlake. No, sonically, you no. You know what I mean? Sonically, you can't play Rihanna like you play Alicia Keys. No, sonically, like you have to know the difference. And if you're if you're not trying to get to that level, what are we doing? Yeah, let's take. I'm gonna take you to a live clip that I found on your uh, your Instagram. Tell me a little bit about this. This is from the anti tour. Okay.
Yes, sir. I Bro. found it on YouTube, not on your uh I was digging on YouTube and I found it. But man, that was incredible. I wanted to just a little piece to show the people the different levels, the different stages that you're on, man. You are an elite bass player and a Thank great you. person, man. We just want to celebrate you, man. Talk to me about that yeah. experience. I know you touched on, you said that was your favorite tour, but what was that experience like on a nightly basis, man? It it was it was so incredible because again, the guys that I were that I was playing with, like we call Mike and Brett drum department. Yes. The way that they would play these parts, man. And like, you would almost think it's the record playing. Like yeah. they literally, they, Box. they, they were so in sync, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you got Monty Newble, whose sound is always perfect. Yes. He's probably the most elite aux guy mm. in the music industry. Yes. You got Tim Stewart, who's a rock star. Of course. Who's yeah. incredible. <laughs> And you got the amazing Omar, and you put all of these guys together with this record, this yeah. this body of music. And Rihanna, she's just a vibe, bro. Like yeah. she literally is the, the epitome of vibe. Yes. So absolutely. we're on stage having fun. Mm -hmm. Everybody playing a role. So when you're doing that, it's just fun. Like it takes you to a place of like, man, I'm really up here enjoying myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really up here doing what I said I would do at 14 years old. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you'll go into a worship. Well, at least I would. Like, <laughs> if you're not careful, you, your mind will go into God. Like, I really thank you for this yeah. moment. Of course. I yeah. really am grateful for this moment. Yeah. it's, it's uh, it, it was really mind blowing, man. Like every day, every other day for almost a year or four year, you get to play with an artist, artist of that caliber. Yeah. With musicians of that caliber, who you fall in love with as brothers, you mm -hmm. you form this brotherhood. It's nothing like it, bro. Yeah. It's really nothing like it. Yeah. Thank you, man. That was that was a, a great story. I just wanted to play a little bit of the uh, anti tour because that was just a <laughs> monumental. That junk y'all was slapping. It was um, so crazy, bro. Yeah, sonically, it was amazing. The the musicians that you had. You were working with. I got one more because this is my favorite. Let me play let's one more. And I'll be like, All right, let's go. All I really want is for me to Yo, yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> how are y'all doing nothing, but it still sounds like you're doing everything. That is incredible, man. The vibe, bro. Oh, dog. And Rex is the coolest drummer in life, yo. He just, he's perfect, man. He's literally like a Mack truck, <laughs> bro. Like he, he, he is one of the most phenomenal drummers. Yes. I've play with in my life and i yeah. play with a lot of great drummers like absolutely I play with man. a lot of them yeah wreck this top 
tier, bro. Yeah, absolutely. You know and, what I love and, about Rex? I love that he's a student. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you can tell he did his research, and I see a lot of how I want to be in him as how yeah. he came up. Um, just watching because I would be the person in my neighborhood recording all, staying up all night watching these shows, yep. and just learning how the game is supposed to be. So I see that in him, and he has also testified, and he's going to be on the show soon. Um, really? Yeah, I talked to him the other day. He's going to be on. Um, so that's going to be epic. Yeah, he's going to tell us all about his story. So I think that's that's super dope of um, how he came up watching these guys, watching Teddy, watching Nissan, and then you know you guys forming that sound together. Y'all just it's amazing, bro. To to watch to like even watching that clip, Rex was the music director at one point. Yeah. So he didn't really get to like have his own time with the music in rehearsal. Yeah. Because he got he got a program. Yeah. He got to work with the Pro Tools guy. He got yeah. to do all of this stuff. And I've always been amazed at how he comes in and he's always on point. Yeah. Like, how do you know that we're doing that? I guess you kind of arranged it. Yeah. But like <laughs> How how are you so set in this space in, yeah. in this drum seat? And he's taking man that Mary gig and that seat. Not even just Mary. I can't even say Mary because he sounded amazing on American Idol yes. and everything else that he's done. But just being being watching him grow from the hyper Rex that I met <laughs> when I first met him yeah. to being able to play anything is like, yeah. bro, you said you was gonna do this. But that that's how a Rex is. If he puts his mind to something. Yeah, you can count it as done. Yeah, if he said I'm gonna build a house, he's gonna build a house, bro. Mm. That's just he he has tunnel vision yeah. when it comes to the things that he want to do. He literally quit alcohol, cold turkey. Yeah, I, I watched that. my mama struggle with addiction twenty plus years, mm -hmm. thirty years. Yes, he's he just he just stopped it, and I was like, that's a testament to who you are, bro. Yeah. You put your mind in something, and I watch you do thing after thing after thing, and then you grow up looking at Drill and mm -hmm. Teddy and yep. Nissan and all these guys, and now you're one of those guys. Absolutely, bro. yeah. You're I, one I, of those I, guys. Absolutely, I talk about those guys on every show. Me being a drummer, you know, I pay honor and homage to those guys yeah. at all times. But man, yeah, Rex, Rex is special, man, and uh, I love the bond that you guys have, the friendship and the brotherhood. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I know you don't take that for granted. Not at all. I love him literally to pieces, bro. Like we we've been friends. My son is twenty three, maybe twenty two years now. Yeah, we've been friends, and I can count on one hand how many times we've fallen out. Like we we <laughs> we've fallen out like brothers for real. Yeah, of course. But I really love that dude, man, and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm proud of that dude. Yeah, because that's not an easy thing to kick, bro. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode seven of Musician Memoirs on the In the Pocket podcast. We're here with Derek Swole Ray. Yeah, man. Well, who was on that Mary gig with you? Monty Noble again. Oh. Um, Rex, Sean Hinton from Milwaukee. We've we've been knowing Sean maybe almost twenty years now. Yeah, Sean. And then the, the the homie Marcus Kinsey from Chicago. Yes, yeah, sir. They brought Omar in to to music direct and put the show together. Mm -hmm. The same guys, man. Squad. It's the same squad, bro. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> Crazy, that, man. That is dope. Well, Swole, thank you for being a part of the show, man. Bro. I am grateful for you being here. I have just a couple more questions. Yeah, man. For you. I know you talked about mentoring uh, in other interviews. You talked about having a passion to mentor, mentor mm -hmm. uh, other young people and young musicians. Um, talk, to, talk to me about that love that you have for that. 
I, I want to give people what I didn't have. Maurice, Maurice was my guy. He worked so much. So it wasn't a lot of mentoring. It was just me learning while I was with him. You know yes. what I mean? Paying attention, seeing this. But I want to give guys the information that I've, that I've uh, accumulated over time. But I want to give it to the guys that really want it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. I'm, not, I'm not breaking my neck to, like, call you and, like, hey, man, come sit at the house with me. Like, yeah. if you want it. Let's build a friendship. Like, let's build something that yeah. will allow me to pour into you organically and it not be because you think I can put you on something. Yeah. Or you think I could, like, bring your name up to the people mm. you think I'm connected to. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. organically, let, 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 let me help you. Genuine and that's relationships. Only if you want the help. Right. Know? Yeah. That's everybody dope. don't want the help, bro. And I, I figured that out. Like, everybody don't don't want the information they want the opportunity that, that they think you can get from me yeah it's yeah. like man, I, I i like my opportunities <laughs> <laughs> right i ain't passing them out i ain't giving them away you know what i mean like no it don't close you can tell when it's fake too when they just closing exactly. up to you to try to get what they want exactly exactly yeah. so you being a family man how important is legacy to you it's very important more important now than it was before okay because again my kids are older now and um, I can't pass them down opportunities. Right. You know what I mean? Like my son is a drummer, but I can't get him on a gig because he's my son. Right. What I can do is I could give him this building. I can help yeah. him build something that's his. So yeah. if those opportunities never come for him, right. he still has a life outside of music. Yes. So that that's what's important. Like trying to help my kids see the bigger picture of, of life and not just this small very small actually part of of life which is music it's it's a it's a big part but it's very small in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah um you've had a great career and you're still going yeah we're nowhere, nowhere near done um how do you want to be remembered in 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 your career and in your life he played grown man bass yeah that's if if that's what they say about me i'm i'm really okay yeah he he played grown man bass and he had integrity. Yes, that's what I want to be remembered with. Rem yeah. Remember, and he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith, man. Yeah, and he and, and he he was a man of his word. Like if he yeah. said he's gonna do something, he did it. Absolutely, that's I want to be remembered. Man, Derek Sworay, <laughs> Derek, <laughs> Derek, right, bro. I am so. Wait, one one last question. Let's get it. Where did the name Swole come from? Man, my aunt Lydia, <laughs> when I was a baby, my mom brought me home. I was so fat, like a little <laughs> chubby little baby. And she said, look at that little Swole baby. And that, <laughs> he would call me and the baby just fell off. And they yeah. just kept calling me Swole, 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 Swole. Wow. And it never went anywhere. And like, it never went anywhere. They don't, a lot of people, if you say Derek, they's like, who is that? Like, who That's is like me, Chip, right? My dad said, the day I was born, it was chip off the old block. <laughs> nice. I'm 42 nice. years old, bro. And you will be known as Chip for the yeah. rest of your life. Forever. That's more so people, dope. More people call me Chip than Kevin. You know. Oh, I didn't even know your name was Kevin, bro. <laughs> yeah. I had no clue your name. Your real name was Kevin. Chip. Yeah. That's so dope. Yeah. So I, similar story, man. Um, we are here with the young legend, man, Derek Swole Ray, man. Yeah, bro. Business owner, bass player. Yeah. Great guy, man. Thank you, Swole, for taking time out to be with me tonight, man. Just to drop some gems and some free game yeah. on these 
on our listeners, man. I thank everybody for coming out and just rocking with us tonight. Um, where can we find you on social media, bro? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, oh. man. I'm super honored. Again, I, I was like, what you want to talk to me about? <laughs> but I'm super honored, man. Thank you for having me. This show is so dope. I've watched several episodes of this show. And keep going, bro. This is this you. is dope. Please Thank keep you, going. Um, social media. I'm I'm only on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, my my Instagram is Swole Ray One, mm-hmm. um, and then my my brand Instagram is uh, Faith Moves, right? <laughs> Faith Give me. I'll, I'll put it up. Faith Moves, and then uh, on Instagram, and then what is uh, the website for the, the shop? The website is uh, faithmoves.online okay yeah man yeah y'all support this black man this this business owner please out here do. doing his thing please, man. man please. high quality uh product and and, and uh merch yeah want to support the brand man god ordained you know Back. god gave him the insight and he created the brand and he's moving with it and yeah. you'll see some of the most influential people in music rocking his brand i looked at an anita wilson music video doing some yeah. research on y'all saw rick had it on <laughs> You Those know, my people, man. You'll Those see Kurt people. Franklin rocking it. You know, yeah, like man. it's a legit brand, and you want to support this man. He is the man behind Faith Moves, uh, following what God told him to do, and yeah. he's blessed beyond measure. He's a, a world-renowned bass player playing for the stars, and he took time out to be with us, yeah. repping the shy, yes, coming sir. on my show, being here <laughs> with us tonight. So, yeah, so my brother, thank you so much for uh, gracing us with with your presence and your yes, sir. Your, your wisdom, man. Wise beyond your years, man. For you to be a young man, you know a lot. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much, brother. And we'll stay connected, man. And and we'll we'll, and we'll keep in touch, man. You have have a great night, and I'll talk to you soon. Wow, episode seven is a wrap. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Please continue to like and subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and Facebook. Shout out to my guy Swole for being on the show tonight, being my special guest. I'm humbled that you took time out to be with us tonight. Please continue to follow the pod. Everyone, your support means the world to me. Continue to stay in the pocket, and I'll see you next time. God bless.